True mental toughness is the ability to keep taking action when all hope seems lost. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and here we're going to talk about principles of life, leadership, and business that lead you to live rich from the inside out. Today, I have a special guest, Tara Oldrich. She's a luxury business coach who helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs in order to create powerful, profitable, and impactful business. After nearly settling for a life of playing small to building an almost seven-figure business, Tara uses the SMART, S-M-A-R-T method to show women how to create, grow a profitable online business while inspiring them to access their power and confidence so that they can impact the world. Forbes magazine even boasts that she is an innovative leader during these times with the foundation of her business as putting profits second and people first. The host of the Smart Woman Show, one of the Entrepreneur Magazine's top 20 podcasts to listen to in 2020, shares Tara is a vibrant, energetic business mentor that has enriched the personal and financial lives of hundreds of women internationally through her group, masterminds, workshops, and in-depth personalized coaching. She's interviewed dozens of A-list influencers, Ed Milet, James Altucher, Lori Harder, Jarek Robbins, and over 80 five-star reviews, ranks top podcasts and entrepreneur and business categories all over the world for her expertise, along with these business, the, the, these, Tara has also featured in Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, University of Adversity podcast on iHeartRadio, and many more. Please work, welcome Tara Oldridge to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Cue the applause. <laughs> <laughs> It's so awesome to have you on the show. And, you know, there's so many things when I think about your bio that so many people are needing right now, you know, during navigating, you know, this transition period of moving from, you know, pandemic that's still kind of hovering, not completely out of its way. And people thinking that, you know, I hear a lot about people jumping their traditional positions thinking, okay, this experience has taught me it's time to play bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love just to share a little bit about what brought you to where you are today. Where is it that you had transitioned to move and step into playing much bigger in your life and um, sharing with our audience? And then maybe we can talk about why people play small to begin with. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, I think everybody wants to know, well, where did you start and how did you get to where you are? And the, the, the only answer really that I can use to sum it all up is God, right? You know, like God had a plan for me. He put a desire on my heart and where it kind of gets funny for people and where limiting beliefs get in the way is you get afraid of that desire on your heart. And so I think something that has really supported me along the way is that even though I've been fear 
fearful of, of I've been in fear and fearful of what I'm supposed to be doing in this life. I still step into it, whether it be a baby step, whether it be a huge step and I end up failing and I have to start all over, or maybe I'm just like really unclear or pretending I don't know something. But I, the, the thing that sets, sets me apart from most entrepreneurs is that I do it anyway. And it's like, there's all these things like feel the fear and do it anyway. No, but really <laughs> like really, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Like really be responsible enough. And that's, you know, my smart acronym are, I come back to responsibility a lot, be responsible to identify what you're afraid of. You know, most people are going through life, just afraid, uh, af- afraid of the, of the virus, afraid of the, um, pandemic, just, uh, well, that, and that's just like the obvious, but afraid of somebody judging them or afraid of, um, you know, not being smart enough, whatever the story is that they're telling themselves, they're just allowing that fear to run them. And so really being able to identify in my life where I've been fearful, I've normally been really responsible in identifying that, Hey, that fear is not serving me. And I think it comes from my dad. My dad said to me a long time ago, um, the acronym for fear is false evidence appearing real. It, it doesn't exist. And so it's really up to us as the individuals to work with God, in my opinion, to identify, okay, here's where I'm afraid. Fear never works in creation. Fear is never going to get me where I want to go. So how can I reframe this? How can I allow fear to propel me forward? And I've always done that. Mm. So there's twofold. So one, I hear that, you know, when we have this fear to move forward, let's say I have a fear of making a mistake. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's many people listening right now or watching us here on YouTube that have a fear of making a mistake when they have a decision to make. Mm what would you say to someone in that position and help, help guide them through that? Yeah. First of all, join the club. We're all afraid of making mistakes. Nobody wants to make mistakes. I have no idea why our culture and society has come up with this idea that you must win at every single thing you do the very first time. So like, yeah, hello. Nobody wants to make a mistake. Everybody wants to win the first time. But if that was true for everybody, nobody would have the robust experience that a lot of us have now. Okay, so first and foremost, and then second, I would tell them, you're going to make a mistake. It's inevitable. And really, again, here's the reframe. Start welcoming your mistakes. Like, stop flipping out. Stop being an emotional whack job, like what I say to my clients. I'm like, you're, you're, you're just being this like, crazy chick that is, is running around half cocked, like talking about things that don't even make sense and don't serve you. Like, why don't you want to mis- make a mistake? Yeah. That's what I would ask them. If I had somebody right in front of me, like, I'm not doing that because I don't want to make a mistake. My first question would be like, why? You know, and I would think that some of the people that I've talked to and coached, they would say, I, I fear making mistake because of the impact it has on other people. Like what? Yeah, emotions mainly, because a lot of the times when the decisions come up that it might impact them for a short term emotionally, but they carry on with their lives. 
Yeah. And so this would be my coaching. Well, when did you become so important? Okay. I'm like, I'm an intense coach, right? And, and what makes me a great coach is that everything I do comes from love. I, I'm, I'm really neutral. Like for me, I, I'm really unattached to what anybody is feeling and what any, anybody is doing with their life. Okay. And I'm also really connected to what's not serving people. And those stories and excuses that we're running around in our mind, they're not serving you. And so you're not that important that your tiny little mistake on a funnel not working or a business idea not working actually affects someone else. Like they don't care. People don't care about you as much as you think they care about you. They don't care. Do they want to judge you? Do they want to bring you down? Do they want to tell you that you can't or that you shouldn't or couldn't or wouldn't or all of these things? Yes. And if you go for it, if you go for that desire on your heart and, and, and it doesn't work out, it's not going to directly affect anyone. Yeah. It'll just lead you to the next step that you need to take care of. You're not that important. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's important people to realize that because then when they get into that narrative, like you were talking about, about the not enoughness not wanting to shine or outshine anyone else or feeling that they're flawed in some way that they cannot succeed because they need to have this and that or this and that before they can take a step forward. Mm -hmm. That's real. That's real. I know that feeling that was me. Um, I was like, I was the one who, you know, I don't want to think I'm so great. Yeah. You know, there was, there was always something inside of me that was really brilliant, that was really talented, that was extraordinary. And as Marianne Williamson quotes, or I don't know if it was her or Nelson Mandela who said it first, I think it was Marianne Williamson, but she said, you know, who are you not to be this person? You were born this way. You're a child of God. Like, let's, let's use that. And so what I realized about myself is that I too, maybe even, even similar to you, Deborah, and probably similar to your listeners or whoever's listening right now, you just don't feel enough. You know, I remember walking into parties in my twenties, knowing full well that I was a hot babe, that I had, you know, a brain in my head and that, you know, I could influence and, and make new friends. But how did I walk into those rooms? Nobody likes me. Nobody likes me here. And so I spent the next two, three, four hours at these parties, getting really drunk, trying to disconnect and, and, and make, trying to make everyone like me. Mm -hmm. And now when I walk into a room, I don't go to those kind of parties anymore, <laughs> but now when I walk into a room at a mastermind or a conference or a, a, a foundation, we just recently went to a summit for the Malou foundation. I walked into the room and I was like, everyone's going to love me. I can't wait to make connections. I can't wait to bless somebody. I can't wait to be a miracle in somebody's life today. It's, just a, it's a reframe. So how did you get yourself to reframe with such confidence and conviction? Because I know people listening and I, and I know it's been an evolution for myself as well. Because I remember in grade 12, this is years ago, where uh, a boy I didn't want to date wrote me a five page letter of use your brains for something because you don't got a body and who would ever date <gasps> you? all of these things all because I said no. Wow. And it still sits in my head. I don't let it touch my heart, but it sits in my head as a reminder of the type of people that can exist and where they are on their journey and respecting that there's obviously a lot of more growth and respect required. 
but it was a very interesting awakening to me years later to see how that has, it has influenced how I look at things and how I see myself. And it took me a long time to not let that impact me because it did initially, you know, at the tender age of 18, mm-hmm. you know, so to take yourself along the evolution of the journey and getting to speak about yourself with conviction is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So what would be three tips that you would suggest to people to help reframe and shift through? Well, first of all, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. You can hear the Canadian in my voice. Sorry. <laughs> I am, you know, and, and it is those moments where we can let, let those, those moments really hurt us, or we can let those moments, you know, define, like define the badass in us. Right. And it's like, you know, you remember, do you remember, um, uh, I think it was like Maury Povovich or somebody was like, or maybe it was Ricky Lake. And it's like, you know, I, from, from, from not to hot or something like this. And, yeah, yeah. and it's like, look at me now, you know, look at me now. Um, just like a quick overview of my life, because it's really easy to look at me and my Instagram or my Facebook and be like, oh, this girl, of course she is who she is. And like, we're, you know, we're not buying it. But the truth of the matter is, is that I grew up in, in a really, really broken family um, with alcohol addiction, drug addiction, running rampant throughout my life. I mean, I like to say, and I joke about it now, but it's not funny, but I joke about it now. Um, I've been going to parties since I was two, you know, like ragers, um, because my dad threw parties every weekend. And, you know, I was sexually molested um, just because I wasn't being cared for the way that a child needs to be cared for in those types of environments. And then I went on to really um, get bullied my whole life. I mean, I was beat up almost to the point of um, hospitalization in in my teens multiple times. I ran away from gang members. Um, I moved cities, my, you know, drug addiction. And and I'm telling you all of this, not to like make you feel bad for me, but to show you like what's possible. My first boyfriend, his mom called the cops on him because he literally almost killed me. So like, I'm sharing these things with you because your question is like, well, how do you like, like, how do you, you move in to fear to create something extraordinary? Like, what are the three things there? There are not three things. Mm -hmm. This is an everyday dedication that I have to being the best version of myself and not, not choosing to be the best version of myself because I'm not enough where I'm at today. It's about identifying that I am awesome right here and right now. In fact, I am so awesome. I'm perfect. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am a child of God and my past doesn't define me, but it certainly serves me in this moment to make me the strong, courageous, confident woman that I am. And so every day, and most people don't do this. Most people don't peel back their layers every day. Most people don't ask for feedback. Most people don't do the things that I do in a day. I am constantly transforming. I am not who I was yesterday. There's nothing complacent about me. There's nothing mediocre about me. Tomorrow, I will be a better version of what you're seeing right now or hearing right now. And so it's about constantly filling in the gaps. Like I'm having conversations with my friends, my family, my husband, like, hey, scale of one to 10, what's our relationship at? 
because I'm only interested in 10 relationships. I'm only interested in being a 10 out of 10 for the team that I run. I'm only interested in being a 10 out of 10 coach. And if I'm only being a seven out of 10 coach, like I want to know what's in the way of me being a 10. And I don't pick this just on Fridays. I don't do this only in August. This isn't like a once every 10 years that I do a flush. I do this every day. So one of the things I'm hearing from you is it's very intentional about how you're showing up every single day. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've had feedback that says, well, your standards are high. I don't, I don't know if I can achieve those, but when it comes to those standards, they're all personal standards. And that's what I hear from you as well. Not everyone functions like you, you have a deep desire to show up as that person. And, um, you know, when we think about standards or habits that people put in place, you know, that's where I see some of the criticism or the fear come up from people or the doubt is because they don't know if they can do that for themselves. Yeah. And, and you you can't, you you can't do it for yourself if you're doubting. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not like it, I know this sounds really simple and almost it might even trigger some people listening to this, but it's like, if you believe you can, you're right. If you believe you can't, you're right. Like decide what you want and go for it. It's really simple. Yeah. yeah I think we complicate things a lot, you know, and uh, it is just based on a decision. And I know that there's that duality that people have, you know, the hemming, the hawing, the yes, the no, what, what if it's kind of like the book. I don't know if you read these books when you were a kid, but it's the book that you get to a certain part of the book and you get to choose. If you choose a, you get it one ending. If you choose B, you get another ending. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to find those books fascinating because I ended up reading both sides because I wanted to see what happened with my choice. Right. Yeah. I wish we could do that in life right? And have a screenshot of if I make this choice, because you never know where the next choice leads to. And I think that's what people need to realize is when we're going through life, one choice leads you to more choices. And I think that's where some of that fear comes in because they have that fear of uncertainty. What if this happens? What if this happens? But forgetting there is new choices that come up. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in making decisions quickly. Because decisions, if decisions get piled up on one another, they just cause confusion and you're not confused. You know, confusion causes overwhelm and overwhelm. You're just one step away from frustration and anger and complete breakdown. Mm -hmm. So I'm a firm believer that the moment a decision shows up, you make it and you make it confidently. And is it the wrong decision? It might be. Maybe you make the wrong decision. Oh, well, oh, well. At least you're making decisions. Most people are so mediocre and so complacent that they're just sitting in decisions that are piled up all over them and they do nothing and they are nothing. And at the end of their life, they're like, man, they're, they're like, man, they're not sitting there going, I wish I didn't make so many decisions. They're going, man, I wish I would have made more decisions. I wish I would have created something extraordinary with this life. Or I didn't settle when I knew I could have had more. You know what, I a um, couple things that have come up, you know, when you talked about getting feedback, seven out of 10, 10 out of 10, finding out where the gap is, learning how you can be better the next day and show up differently. What would you suggest to people when, when you come with that approach that the person that you're wanting to get the feedback from is like, what are you talking about? You're just fine. Like, I don't know why you need this. How, what would you do to encourage those people to continue to explain or press on so that they can get the feedback that they're wanting to 
strengthen that relationship? Yeah. So this is an enrollment conversation, really. It's, you know, in life, you're either, you're either being enrolled or you're enrolling and life is an enrollment game, right? People are like, oh, I don't, I don't like sales. Well, welcome to life. (laughs) And if you don't like sales, you're probably not getting anything out of this life because it's constantly enrolling. I mean, you look at your kids and and they're like, well, mom, like if I have a popsicle at three o'clock, can I still have a popsicle before bed? Or like, if I have a popsicle, can I have a fudgesicle or whatever they're, they're, they're trying to enroll me in, right? They're the best enrollers. You finally give in their perseverance. Yeah. And I would just say like, if you're going to go into a conversation, inviting feedback, first of all, enroll them in your vision for your relationship with them you know, enroll them in why they're important to you and why this really matters. Don't just go into a conversation and be like, so like scale of one to 10, where are we at? And you're like, well, what do you mean? You know, like you need to create a space for people where they feel safe. And especially if you're a controlling type personality or you're results oriented or you're really driven, or maybe you're the opposite of that. And you've been really passive aggressive and your, your feelings have been hurt really easily. Or, you know, I doubt someone's going to want to be like, actually, I find you to be extraordinarily manipulative and I don't want to have anything to do with you. We're like a zero out of 10, you know? So, you know, like take, take inventory of where you guys left off and then create a vision for what you want and, and share like, Hey, you and this relationship is really important to me. You matter to me. And what I'm noticing is that I may have an experience of this relationship that you may not have. And I just want to know that I want to be at a 10 with you. And so permission is, is powerful. Um, asking permission, like, do you mind if I ask you a question Um, about our relationship, like where we're at on a scale of one to 10, like, do you mind asking permission is really powerful. And, and, and if you, if you spend the time in in casting the vision of the relationship that you see and, and the relationship that you already have, eh, it's easy. It's easy. And you create a form of intimacy, which people Mm. right away think, oh, intimacy is the bedroom, but it's not intimacy that you have deeper conversations, deeper relationships with a lot more meaning and substance to them than the superficial of how are things going, you know, that general small talk. 100%. One of the things that you said, you know, about selling, there's a, you have a different approach to selling. So can you share a little bit more about that? You don't realize when it comes to selling for me, the difference between me and some people in sales, most people in traditional sales is that I actually, and I always have given a crap about people. Like I I actually care about people. And I realized that when I worked on cruise ships and I really learned the science behind sales, because there truly is a science behind it. But what I realized is that it was really founded on manipulation. It's like, ah, you know, like all, all these things, like, just pull on their heartstrings and their wallet will pop out right behind them. You know, it's like, and then just pull it out, pull it out slowly. And I'm like, really? Like, why not just create relationship and like really care about this person and what they want. And so, (laughs) and then enroll them in their vision. And so that's what I've done. I've, I didn't even realize that I was a genius at this until I started teaching it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, people really need to learn this because there is no place to get in this life. 
you know, if you want to be the best version of yourself, which I'm assuming that you do, and you want to see success, like millions of dollars in your life, I wouldn't trade my life with anybody's. I have every single thing that I have ever wanted, multiple homes, all the things, and I don't care about any of it because I've completely committed my life to service and to loving people. And so that's first and foremost. So where I started my sales training, which there's so many directions we could go in this, this avenue, but I think the most important thing is positioning your heart, like really checking in. Who are you? We're buying another home and I'm looking at the realtor across the table yesterday and he's throwing all these tactics at us. And I'm like, dude, this is our home. And you're creating this like really greasy, weird, manipulative story to try to like get us to make a higher offer. Or I don't even know what you're trying to do over there, but it's not working. And I see through it. I'm a master at this. And I know both sides. Like the best way in is to care, like care about, care about the person across the table. So really examining who am I as a person? Now that may seem like a lot, but I promise you, if you can't sit with yourself and be like, no, I'm good. And I really believe in what I'm selling. I actually really believe in this program. I know I can make a difference for people. Then carry on and, and go kill it and crush it. And actually I'll give you my sales script and I'll show you the whole six steps to this to, to my no place to get call if you want. Um, but if you can't sit with yourself and really identify that you care about people, start there first. Yeah. And I don't care if you're selling cars, houses, programs, e-courses, ice to Eskimos. If your heart's not positioned, it's just get a different job. Yeah. yeah. It's totally like, you know, if your heart's not into something and you're not there in service to someone else in creating those relationships that matter, because what I think people don't, some people, I'm not saying all people, is realizing as you build those relationships, not only have you built credibility, you've built loyalty, you've built the foundation of trust, that those referrals and people wanting to just mag magnetically want to work with you because of how you show up with that intention every single day. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, you're either being enrolled in why somebody doesn't want to do something or you're enrolling them in doing it. Right. Do you know what I mean? So the, the smart woman, I guess it's an approach. It's, it really was, it, it completely comes from my heart because what I remember, one of the limiting beliefs that I had was that I wasn't smart enough, you know, like on paper, I didn't even know if I graduated high school until two years ago. I was like, mom, did I actually get a diploma? Like I, I walked and I got my cap and gown, but I didn't even really know if I passed, I knew, I know that I failed my English exam, which I'm great at English. So I have no idea why I would fail that, right. but I, I, I didn't know. And I have no post-secondary education. Now I've been super successful in sales my whole life, like after, after high school, my whole life. Yeah. But I, I never felt like I was enough to create something cool and, and, and bring in like lots of money because I thought, you know what, I'm not smart enough for that maybe in a next life. And so I was like, no, screw that. 
because I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna let this control me anymore. And so I reframed what smart could really mean. And so here's what I believe a smart woman is. I believe that a smart woman serves first. She's in a hundred percent service mode every single day. How can I serve? How can I connect? How can I create more intimacy? Like you said, to your point, Deborah, how can I be more vulnerable? How can I give here? How can I give there? How can I expect nothing in return? M stands for master your message. Have one message and tell it to everyone. And that is service. It's like it, when I first started this company and I know it's probably the same for you. Did you feel nervous talking about things? Oh yeah. 100%. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I would freak out when I would go live and now because I'm in service and I don't actually care, it's not about me. I'm like, no, no, no. Somebody needs to hear this today, you know? And that's, that's also the power of the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit works through me all the time, but I am in a, which stands for action. I am in committed action every single day, which I've already spoke about because I am responsible, which is R. I'm responsible with the life I want to have. I'm responsible with what I'm creating inside of it. And it's really, it's up to me. I'm going to do something. If I'm going to have something, it's up to me to create that. And that goes with 10 relationships. If I want a 10 relationship with somebody, I need to show up as a 10. Mm -hmm. And then T, which was a big one for me. And I think it's going to be a big one for your listeners is trust in trusting your voice, trusting that you have something inside of you that needs to come out. And not only that it needs to come out to impact somebody else, but that it really truly matters. Showing up in a room for me being like, I'm important here. You know, that's, that was hard. Like this interview, I truly believe is important and that it matters that I show up to these interviews. And then it's responsible of me to share this message of get your act together and create something extraordinary with your life so that you can impact other people. Because who's going to hear you if you don't speak, exactly. you know? And it's like, well, you know, Tara, well, I don't know. Like, I don't have as many followers as you. I don't care. Do you know what I care about? I care about one person that I make a difference for one person. A lot of my clients, they're like, well, okay. So I ran a, I, I ran a webinar. Like you told me to, it's not called a webinar. It's called a masterclass. We do them live inside my community. Like, well, I ran it, but only three people showed up and I'm like, Woo! <laughs> that's amazing. Like three people came, you got to serve three people for an hour. Like what? what an opportunity to be a miracle for someone else. And that's just the reframe again of like, you're not there to get anything from these three people. You're there to give. Yeah. And that's the amazing part. I love that you brought that example up because I was on Instagram earlier and someone posted in their stories that they had three people not show up to their podcast interview today. And I was thinking what a missed opportunity for those individuals, not only to share the message, but the people out there who are needing to hear that message that like the nuggets that you've shared with us today, you know, um, I remember sitting and speaking on the stage. This was early on in my speaking career and coaching that I was like, no, no one came up to talk to me after, or this one person came up at, at this one talk, this one person came up and she was in tears about how my talk had impacted her. And I was so worried about how come more people didn't come. And when I was working with my coach, she's like, Deb, how many people 
does it take to make a difference? I said, one. And she goes, you got the one that was most important, who needed to share her story with you. And it just totally reframed every step and every talk I did after that is because it is that one person. And it's not about how many people are in the room. It's the person who needed to hear the message. And the other reminder she told me is 50% are introverted, 50% are extroverted. So of those 50% in your audience, they might sit at their kitchen table and share it with their family, but not with a whole group of people, or they might journal about it or use it in a book in the future. You have no idea where that message goes. Mm -hmm. So I love that you shared that. That's a prime example that we all need to go woohoo every time yes. one person in front of us. It's 100%, you know, make a difference for one person. And if that means you need to make a mistake, and if that means you need to be afraid and fumble on your words and, you know, start talking about one thing and then six months later, start talking about another thing. Oh, well, you know, stop making mountains out of molehills and do something cool. And move into that committed action that you talked about. Absolutely. Move into committed action, 100%. So what is one book that has made a profound impact on your life? The Bible. And honestly, every time I open that bad boy up, it just rocks my world. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really, um, one of the greatest lessons that I've learned in my transformational experience is I don't need anybody to validate me. Mm -hmm. And so I really protect myself from, from outside things validating me. And I have found so much wisdom. First of all, the best coaching in the world comes from the Bible. And also I just find that, you know, it strengthens my faith and God really blesses me for being faithful. So mind you, I did just order a book. I don't even know what it's called, um, but it is faith. It's a faith-based book. So I've actually stopped reading books because it plays into my need for validation. And I don't need anybody to validate me. I know my strategy. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. And God gives me everything and I read the Bible. Very powerful, very powerful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So You're my welcome. final question for you is, what does it mean for you to live rich from the inside out? Yeah, I'm surrounded by rich people. So, um, it's just so obvious to me, the people who are living rich lives and the people who are living like just really, really poor lives. Um, money doesn't make you rich. It just magnifies who you are. So if you're a generous person and you come into a lot of money, guess what? You're going to have the ability to be even more generous than you've ever been before. If you are a manipulative, vindictive person, which I know these people, these, these wealthy people who, um, they'll do anything for the next million, you know, for the next zero, they'll do, they'll do anything. There's no one they won't crush. There's no one they won't, um, bypass or like, I, like I keep speaking into as manipulate and, and you know what, they, they just end up self-imploding. So what is, what does it mean to be rich? Um, a relationship with God, if you are a child of God, you are rich. If you have the ability to serve others and think of others first, that is the, the utmost um, 
that is the wealthiest that you can become. Like, I'll give you an example. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I'm just showing you like where the level of generosity can go to. So yesterday I was driving my son to school and I noticed that a woman was like, you know how, when you would merge onto the right and, and normally the flow of traffic is like, well, the next person goes where there's a gap. And this woman wasn't moving and everyone behind her was honking because there was lots of opportunities for her to go. And so we all kind of went around her. But when I looked back, I thought, does she know that she needs to move? Is she waiting for the light or is she like stuck? Is she broke down? Like, and so as I drove past her, I thought to myself, ah, she'll figure it out. But then I thought, no, I don't, I need to go back and check. So I dropped my son off and it was not convenient for me to go back and check. It was not convenient, but I did. I took another 10 minute wraparound to go and check. And of course she was gone, but I, but I thought to myself and I had this moment with God where he was like, you know what? Thanks for doing that. And he's like, and even though she was fine, like, just like, I really did. I felt God be like, Hey, thanks. You know, because he can't work through us unless we work, (laughs) like, you know, and I'm, I'm Christian, like I'm not religious, but I, I, I have a really strong, um, stand and opinion on people having a relationship with God. But anyhow, I share that with you because this is the positioning of my heart. And unless you're going to be 100% outward focused, making money isn't going to do anything for you. It's just going to magnify the crappy parts of you and people aren't going to like you. Totally about positioning your heart, following the desire of your heart, lead it, being led to where you need to be, even if it is to the one person in front of you, that that is where you need to be in that moment. Yeah. This has been such a delight, Tara. Can you share with our listeners and our viewers of how they can stay in touch with you? Yeah, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I'm I'm actually launching a new, um, you know, well, it's a funnel for those. I don't know if what language you guys are speaking on the back end of this kind of stuff, but um, it's called a stack. So there's going to be three opportunities for you guys. I'm going to bypass you to just the free ticket to my live event. So just go to visiontobusinesslive.com and I'll get you a free ticket. You just register right there for free and I'll get you a free ticket to my um, three-day live event just to turn your vision into a business. It's gonna be all based on the power of 10, serving 10 people, learning how to sell and starting your coaching business. Ultimately, if you wanna be a coach, that's where you need to be. Starting your coaching business in three days. I think it's August 23rd, 24th, 25th. So visiontobusinesslive.com and I'll, I'll hook you up. That is so generous. Thank you so much, Tara. And we'll make sure that it's in the show notes as long as well as your social media. And uh, so people can stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for coming on this interview. It's been a phenomenal time spent with you and so much wisdom. And I appreciate the conviction and the belief in each and every single person listening and watching today. You're welcome. Thank you everyone for joining us here on the Millionaire Woman Show. Go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com. Right now you're going to do your three-part video course, Making Habits Stick to Build Focus and Consistency in Your Life, Your Biz, wherever you're working on to find out where those derailers are and let's get you back on track to knock those goals and dreams and make them a reality. You can also go over to my website, Interest in Coaching, fill in the DM, let us 
we'll set up a complimentary discovery session and find out what your vision is for yourself and uh, move forward with that. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Tara and myself, go out and have a fabulous day. <music>